Welcome, gamers. You've tuned into The Gaming Fix, your destination for everything VR and PC gaming. We're your hosts, Fixer, L Squirrely, Nick Nance, and Big Dad, your guides through the ever-changing universe of digital adventures, where reality and imagination collide. This is The Gaming Fix, and we're about to hit play. I think the best place to start is probably intros. Fixer, you want to kick us off? Uh, my name is Fixer. I am a uh, streamer, uh, former teacher, former and current marketer. And we are going to try something new and amazing with my two friends and my daughter of so many years. And we will uh, try to make this entertaining, informative, and um, see where this goes. I'm Nick Nam. I'm an XEMT. Now I just play video games in my off time. I'm Big Dad. I'm uh, actually a paint contractor, work construction, and spend my evenings and every lunch break possible with these fine fellas playing some games. A lot of fun. And who are you? I'm El Squirrely. I just work here. <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> I'm apparently the producer of this fine establishment. No, I'm El Squirrely. I'm Fixer's daughter. Why are you looking at me? Why'd you look at me when you said that? You have to stop interrupting or we're never going to get through Sorry. this. Sorry. I can do my intro later. Um, so how'd you guys all get into video games? Whether that's VR, whether that's PC games, whether that's arcade games. Oh, How'd man. you get started? Well, from like 12 years old on, uh, well, just always since the original Nintendo all the way up. I used to get up at like five in the morning to beat my older brothers to the Nintendo playing those games all the way up. Arcade games when I was a teenager. I've been Lexington and uh, console games. I was a big Call of Duty fan. Play Call of Duty, especially when it became online. That was like a big revolution. Online multiplayer was just the thing. And then I saw VR came out. I went to my brother-in-law's house and he had a PC set up and all the sensors for VR. As soon as the standalone came out, I jumped on it. I haven't played a console game since, really. Um, I uh, I started on PC with uh, GTA 4 um, LS or LCPDFR, which was like the modded GTA at the time. Um, what does that even mean? Um, Liberty City. I don't remember what it stood for, but it was basically a mod on GTA where you could like be a firefighter, police officer, ride on an ambulance. Like it was kind of like role play. Um, oh, I want that. Player. That's what uh, that's what Sheriff Strafe does, but for mm-hmm. GTA Five, same same concept. Um, I started with that. Never really got into the whole console gaming, and then. At the, when VR came out, it was just the cheap alternative for video games. Squirrely. I got my first video game console when I was in fourth grade. I broke my leg. And <laughs> my dad, who swore I was never going to play video games, he said they were going to rot your brain. He <laughs> bought me a PlayStation 1. And he actually bought the game that was like Pac-Man remastered or whatever so you could play it on the playstation and i think he secretly just wanted to play it so i think that's why he bought it for us for sure that's how i got started 
And then it's evolved from there. So it was a little bit of console gaming. My husband bought me a PC. So a little bit of everything. How about me? Well, um, being the youngest in the crowd, I started on the, on the Pong. You're doing this. I started on the Pong. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Pong system, but it was two white lines and a white dot that went back and forth. It was a it was a it was state of the art when we when we first got it. So I started with Pong. Uh, we went to the arcades a lot uh, as a child and spent a lot of quarters on pinball machines. But when the Pong came out, we stayed at home a lot. And then in high school, I went to Aladdin's Castle a lot, and that was basically the mall's equivalent to a video store, video game store. And I spent mass amounts of money on tron so i played tron and then my wife my my wife which was not really my girlfriend at the time but would always catch me in aladdin's castle playing video games and so that was uh that was always fun but that's how i got my started and then the this progressed after i was married i was working i didn't play any video games and when she broke her leg we bought her the playstation and i still didn't play video games and i did not play video games uh but it wasn't until the pandemic hit and i picked up the um we had bought my son um the oculus and i started playing with that i played population one which we'll talk we'll probably talk talk a lot about but played population one hated it I literally hated it and put it away. Then the pandemic hit that June or January, March, and I started playing it more and more and more. And that's how I kind of got into how this all has progressed into this. So that's actually how you guys met, right? Yeah. 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 So I was, I was playing with, uh, so I was just starting to record TikToks and with the with the TikToks, I found a group of guys that I could play with. It was McLush and Jacob was part of that and Crayons. And so they call themselves the VR VIPs. That's how that all came about. And the VR VIPs was supposed to be a paid service where you would do like uh, tournaments and then they would take a cut of the money and then give prize money out. And then that never really, that part of it never really happened. And so we started playing. And then that's when Crayons left for a while. Jay Goat was not really playing a whole lot. McLush and I were playing. I met Nick. And um, we Do you remember kind of how we met? Not, not really. So <laughs> I, I had just gotten the headset. And I hate, I, I, I hated the fact that I would get so into the game and I sucked at it that I would be sweating and I was losing every game. <laughs> so at one point I'm like in a game and somehow you're on my team and like it was my first decent game and you're like, wow, like you're decent. Like if you ever want to play again, like hit me up and we'll play. And you, you shot me a friend request and I didn't see you for like six months. And then six months later you were back in the game. We happened to match up in a game and you were on your steam account. And I, I think I think at the time your name was fixervr.com or something. 
Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, you're not the real fixer. I'm like, I met him and that's not his name. And you're like, no, nah, like I changed my name. And then from that point on, I just kind of watched your streams. And then we nice. started playing more and more. I think uh, I think I got in with McLush, one of the VR VIP guys. I played Population One for a while, and I was about like Nick. I loved the game, but man, I was getting my butt kicked everywhere. And I uh, got with McLush, and he kind of showed me a few things. and And uh, we were looking <clears throat> we were looking for a third one day, and he was like, "Hey, Fixer's on," and kind of went from there. Ran with Fixer a few times. And we uh still not the best, but we have a day going good time when we're playing. <laughs> It's gone beyond the game. You know, we we have a chat outside the game where you <laughs> see about in the world on our side of the planet, you know, or our side of the country, and it's a it's a lot of fun. This group has helped me out a lot, actually, because during the pandemic, I lost my best friend. He passed away at a hospital, and it kind of sent me in a spiral. And when I first started playing Population One, I would mute my mic. I wouldn't speak to anybody. I would just play. And uh, yeah, you guys kind of helped bring me out of that shell and bring me back from that so nice i forgot how much fun video games were i uh when i played uh on the pc i remember years ago playing with a group of people and to this day i still like wonder what had happened to some of them just because we would play so frequently and like uh-huh. this has been the first group of people besides them that like i've been able to like hang you know talk to you guys outside of the game and, and kind of just we're all just there for each other which is awesome there's definitely a social aspect to gaming that I think that has become more prevalent, especially during the pandemic. I mean, we couldn't see anybody. So like even it was a way to connect with your family. Like my household was separate from dad's household. That's true. And it was just a different way to connect. So I'm glad that you guys are keeping up that friendship. It's nice to see. Um, Speaking of population one though, what's the status of the game? Is it alive? Is it dead? Is it... (sighs) Where is it? I think it's on its way out, guys. I think oh, it's no. on its way out. Frustrating because it seems like it's gotten incredibly stagnant. They've introduced we. I thought when they introduced the uh, the build your own map kind of thing, the sandbox thing to it, that it looked like that was going to blow it up. But even then, that itself has gotten really stagnant. I'm not seeing a whole lot of new maps. It's the same maps in the playlist over and over. It's uh, I don't know. I just kind of feel like they don't listen to their player base. I hear a lot of the same people who play a lot saying the same things. Hey, do this, do that. And none of it's changing. They just kind of keep rotating the old same stuff in and out. And It's still an incredible game to play. It's a great con, a lot of fun, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of games that are doing a lot more. And uh, it's definitely knowing where it came from too, because I remember the, like the Santa across the sky and, like the map being a Halloween map, and like there was yeah. snow on the ground in the winter time. Like they, like they showed that they were capable of doing these things, and now there, there's nothing special for you to play with anymore in the game. All I can tell you is when we f- first started, it was innovative for me because, again, not really playing a whole lot of games. The um, the way it felt, it felt like I was there, and at the time to Squirrely's point, all I had to do is contact with the family and I had no outside contact. And prior to that, I was teaching. I was, I was in front of students. I was in front of people all the time talking to somebody. And so um, I think that was a part that was missing for me. And then all of a sudden I jumped into this and saw that I could communicate with other people. Now, some of it was very, um, 
the language was very colorful. So I had to, I had to, <laughs> I had to navigate through that because I wasn't streaming at the time. And then I started to figure out, hey, I needed some tips on how to how to how to do this because I didn't really know how to play. And that's when we start. That's when I started watching like Hater, and because uh, Hater, I think at the time was the only one that I knew of that was um, streaming. And I thought, wow, this guy does. It seems like he does really well, but he still streams every day. It's unbelievable. And there's a bunch of people that stream every day. So Space Roach, uh, Miss Misery, uh, Dizzy VR. I think he's. I think his stuff broke, but he's still doing it. There's a bunch of people that still do it. And I like and I love that game a lot. But um, you know, about a year ago, I figured I had to move on beyond that because it just didn't seem like it was doing anything i love the christmas thing that was that was hilarious because you know you wait for the santa to come across and and the snow and it just made it feel special now it just doesn't uh, it just doesn't feel special and i don't know why i don't know why they they don't spend more money on it because it's owned by meta right they bought it about two and advertised, ago. it comes downloaded on the Quest Three. Yeah, and yeah. it's free, free to it's play. It's free now. So I mean, which it just amazes me that a free game can't get enough traction. And I get it. There's only a small percentage of people that have a VR device, and then you split that off into Echo and into some of these other games. And you know, it's not for everybody, but they just they just can't break through. And I think they're struggling to get there are they struggling across the board like have you noticed a decline in people playing vr in general i don't i don't think so. i don't i don't think no, vr no, that... has absolutely exploded. flourished <clears throat> when i they first one down... of the higher spaces when i first downloaded ghost of Tabor, mark there's like four thousand players online and now there's uh like what 60 70 000 players something along those lines that the numbers you know gone way way up and i don't see the same name twice anymore i used to run run through lobbies and see the same name a couple times throughout the day i don't see the same name at all anymore that's uh what combat waffle studios is doing with ghost of Tabor is pretty incredible and uh i mean they have what monthly amas where they sit down they talk to the discord group they take they take notes on what people's opinions are what they can fix what they can change and they listen and they implement a lot of these major changes and makes a big difference. Before we go it, too far into Ghost of Tabor, can we talk about the 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 changes in Pop 1 as far as like the new guns that came out, the evolving map that they're now doing with the with the sandbox port? because these new guns to me were the best additions for like that they've had in about a year and a half or two years. It's been we haven't had anything new and I, I know I personally use the new silence uh, MP9. Yeah, uh, as my new primary for almost every game. Yeah, I agree with Nick. Those those new guns were a good addition because it, it got weird. Instead of adding new guns, they just kept uh, tweaking and changing the fire rate, the damage, the the all the old weapons they had, and it was getting really frustrating because you would adapt a weapon, get really good at it, download the update, and that weapon was completely different. It was either nerfed or the fire rate was completely different, and you had to change the way you played with that weapon or find a new one. But, uh, Fix, are you still held to the NDA? I'm not that I'm aware of. I mean, because I haven't, I haven't been in any of the play tests. So, do you know how long 
it was between your play test with the new guns and when they came out. God, I, it feels like a year. It, it feels was like a while. Long, long I know they teased them. Because they teased it for a while. I I know I played with it for a, a couple times and I thought, oh, this is really cool. I could sneak up on something because I'm a sneaker anyway. I try to hide behind the, the curtain anyway. But uh, played with it a couple times and then it would, then every once in a while you would see or hear about it being in lobby. And then it was, it, it just kind of disappeared. I don't know. I, and because they went to focus on that whole play, the uh, sandbox, which you know, I, if the sandbox would have been easier to, to manipulate, I think I would have gone in there and played. I know big dads, you built, you built some incredible things in there. Um, but their focus is, it's almost like it's split. They wanted to make it like a Minecraft, but the base didn't want to be in Minecraft. They wanted to play. And they, once they, once they give up the reins of building new stuff, they just kind of depends on they depend on somebody else to build it for them, and then put it in the evolving map, right? So, but the guns the guns are cool. The little hand machine gun thingy, I can't figure that one out at all. Heck man. yeah. One thing I wish they would do keep all of the play modes available. Like instead of rotating, you know, a couple of weeks it's legions, a couple of weeks it's duos, a couple of weeks yeah. it's match. To keep all of those available, so you know if you've only got one friend online, you can jump into some duos in Metro and run those, or you know just some squads with the regular map with the Metro. And because like right now, you can't access the the sandbox map; uh, you can't get in there and play anything unless right. you go into the lobby. It's kind of frustrating. And I think that I think that comes back down to like player base. I think if they have all those open, they don't have <laughs> enough people to fill a lobby. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Wow, six months ago when we jumped in, uh, and everybody was doing sandbox, like they were really pushing sandbox. You jump into a lobby, and there'd be like seven, eight people if you were lucky, and yeah, and that was that was for a long time because everybody was getting the you know the access to sandbox and kind of peeling off and doing yeah, when, their own things. So it for everybody. There, I have two TikToks where I made where I got into a lobby. And wasn't teamed up with anybody. It was me against three people by myself. It's it's kind of wild. Which is which, and again to go full circle, right? So I I started Population One. I got into streaming because of Population One. I streamed Population One on Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube for a little bit, and then TikTok. And then I kept watching my numbers, and it was very frustrating because I would I would stream to Nick. And that Nick would be the only person there, which was great. He was my biggest, biggest supporter. Uh, but it was, it was weird. So at that point I went and started to look at like, if you go into Twitch, you can actually see how many people are playing or watching particular video games. And I literally it was like handfuls of people watching population one Fortnite. There were hundreds and thousands of people watching which I was thinking, okay, I have to somehow pivot away from population one, even though it's, I even tell my wife, it's my favorite game. It's the one I really love to play. Um, but I had to, I had to, if I wanted to stream and I wanted to see where this could go, I had to switch out and, you know, we play, we've, I played ghost of Tabor a little bit. And I think it's, I think it may have critical mass now to a stream more uh, but when it first started, like most of those games that start, they don't have enough, they don't have enough momentum to 
to push a stream, right? And um, sometimes it's good to tail the tail the tail that flow of people versus being the first mover. That's just it's my opinion. But but population one is is the game I still love. It's the game I like to play. So as population one sort of wanes in popularity, it seems like you guys have sort of explored a new game. I've heard Ghosts of Tabor floating around a little bit during this session. So maybe you guys can touch a little bit about pros and cons of that game. I played nothing but population one for months and months and months. I mean that I played the walking dead on my spare time when I didn't have anybody to play with. Cause I love that storyline, but population one was it. Those are the only two games I had downloaded on my Oculus and then ghost of Tabor game out. And once you get over, it's got a pretty steep learning curve. It's, it's tough to learn, but once you get in there, I think that was the only game that actually had an adrenaline rush going. Like I came out of there shaking after a firefight because if you die, you lose everything. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just, it got me, it got me off. I didn't play population one for about three months straight when I got into that game and just became an absolute beast at it. I love that game. Now I, I go in there with confidence now. So it's still, still one of my favorites. I got up and was playing it at six o'clock this morning. Uh, I played on my lunch breaks and stuff. It's, Oh, you can use a Wi-Fi hotspot from an iPhone to run an Oculus, if anybody's wondering. Nice. So, for for those that don't know, um, Ghost of Tabor is a an extra an extraction based shooter similar to Escape from Tarkov, where you go in with what you have. If you die, you lose it. Um, but recently, they just did a new uh, a new update and added insurance. They, yeah, do you know how the insurance works? You, it's a percentage of the weapon, and if you a weapon you have or gear you have insured if you go in and you die if the other person that steals it or if nobody takes it if it's left on the ground you get it back if somebody takes it back to their bunker it's gone and you lose that insurance plus the gear so okay i i was i was listening to somebody else um another streamer who was saying that i guess one of the strategies people are going to be using is bringing in pretty like decent loot and then like hiding it if they go to a purple card room um mm-hmm. grabbing the best loot and then just getting the the loot that they came in with 24 hours later as long as it's like hidden behind a rock or something kind of uh a, a tricky way to use the insurance system to their benefit but also adds a whole new dynamic to the game because yeah. now you're not just looking for people to to encounter you're looking for hidden gear that somebody might just be trying to hide wait mm-hmm. wait 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 because maybe i'm a little out of touch here so you're telling me that I can take in my stuff, put it down behind a rock, lo- load in later that day or 24 hours from now, and go in and get it? Is that what you're saying? No. Once the lobby's over, all that loot disappears. But if it's insured and it's not taken by someone else, about 24 hours later, it comes back to your bunker. Oh, and 20. Okay, I got you. Uh, I was going to say that would be awesome. I'd go in and I would search and destroy all the time. No, but if you went in with like lower tier loot and you had a purple key card, right. you can only carry so much out. So what people are doing is hiding what they came in with, as long as it's insured and taking oh, really I got good it. loot now out. I yeah, see that back. makes it, that sounds like something Fixer would do, for sure. I would definitely throw stuff away and and hope that I could get it back. That would that would <laughs> definitely be me. I, I've gotten over what they call gear fear. I used to put my best stuff on the wall and save it and or not sell it, not really uh, use it and just kind of save it because it was really expensive items. 
now I've gotten really confident. Uh, I'll take in the best gear, the heaviest armor. If, if I lose a gun, it's no big deal. I haven't really insured anything yet. I played around with the insurance, and I was like, man, that's pretty pretty expensive. And to me, where I'm used to losing things and it's water off my back, I don't. Now I don't, is that uh, when the insurance is the insurance real money? They want you to pay use real money no. or in game money. In game, in game. Yeah. Okay, I have seen a bunch of streamers, uh, and again, I wasn't the first mover on it, but I started streaming, and there still wasn't a whole lot of people on it, and uh, it seemed like when I jumped off about i don't know three or four months later they all started to jump on i started to notice they were doing it and they're they're doing the same thing everybody else is doing right you're just trying to chase the tiger around and try to figure out which way it's going um but i think that i like that game i like the fact that i can sit down and play that game that's probably a game that's a i think that's the biggest difference for me uh from population one to ghost of Tabor. i can sit down um I don't have to worry about like if my chair has arms or doesn't have arms. Um, but the first couple of times that I played it before they updated it, it was tough because um, I was getting motion sickness. The graphics weren't catching up with the Oculus, at least from the PC side of it. And so it made it difficult, but I love that. I, I love population one. I still do. Um, and like I said, I'll even play when I'm not streaming um and maybe that's the better way because my wife mrs fixer suggested maybe if that's what you really like to play don't worry about streaming it just play and i'm thinking okay thanks for playing. wow i feel like somebody said that to you a couple months ago yeah, i don't know i, I mean yeah. maybe a group of us brought that up maybe maybe <laughs> uh, and and we we have we started to do that sure this question is from definitely not nick nance yes. <laughs> Why is Nick yeah. Dan so awesome? <laughs> Nick, would you like to field that? Yeah, Nick. Uh, why is Nick Dan so awesome? Because Nick Nance is supported by a great group of friends. Oh, it's the power of friendship. Hold on. Can can somebody can you give me those tissues? <laughs> no, that sounds good. Okay, so we'll close it out, and we'll talk about. I mean, are there any games coming out that you guys are excited about in the next? month uh i'm not sure when it's coming out but the same people who make ghost of tabor is made they're kind of like how they took uh, uh escape from tarkov and made a vr version they're making a vr version of a game called rust it's like a end of the world survival thing and there theirs is going to be called grim i believe i'm not sure when it's coming out or uh but it from what i've seen so far it looks like it's going to be a pretty good game looking forward to it i think you can play if you apply for the uh, early beta for pc vr hmm. i think that's available i still want to see fixer play um sale vr similar Mail? to sea of thieves but it's sale oh i don't know about that one do you know about sale oh you don't know about that i i, I only send you like i think you sent it to me i just I, but isn't that like a side quest thing or is it a pc vr no it's app lab Oh, you see, I don't, I've never done any App Lab thing. Let's take got Ghost. Ghost of Tour is App Lab. It is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I get it through Steam. You should be able to get sale on Steam. For me, I was really looking forward to Ghostbusters. And that was that was probably a different review. But Ghostbusters, I was excited for. I waited a year 
one year for Ghostbusters. Played it for one hour and 15 minutes and returned it. So, yeah, can I've I heard tell of... you that I couldn't even watch the stream? It was it was pretty like you you were doing the same thing repetitively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I expected more. I don't know what I expected, but I expected to at least drive the car, and that wasn't a thing. That's all I got, Nick. What any games you're looking forward to? No, nothing. Minecraft 2.0. I don't think Nick. Do you play Minecraft? I, I I play mobile because it's the only way to to play with Fixer in between his his escapades of streaming. <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to try a different game. I, I I'd rather you play chess Ooh. and stream. Do you know it. How to play chess? Yeah, I know how to play chess. Do you not know how to play chess? I don't know how to play chess. No one taught me how to play chess growing up. I can play chess. Let's play chess. You don't know how to play chess. I don't know how to play chess. Why is he judging her over it? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of judgment (laughs) coming from the man who probably should have taught me how to play chess, right? Like, turn that back around on yourself. You know, reverse. Yes, I know how to play chess. Okay. Okay. With that, I think we will probably wrap up. Thank you guys so much for joining us to talk about what's new in VR gaming, what's new in gaming in general, and to answer all your burning questions. I've got some burning questions. It sounds like you should get that checked by your doctor. <laughs> I'm El Squirrely. I'm Big Dead. I'm Nick Nams. And I'm Fixer. Thanks for joining us for the first episode of The Gaming Fix. That's game over. 